You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. You can visit us online at theriverdurant.com. We hope this podcast is a blessing to you and you can even bless someone else with it. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity you've given us to come before you this morning. Father, we thank you for your word that you're making so clear and so real and applicable in our lives. Holy Spirit, you are the great teacher. We ask that you do what you do best. Open the eyes of our understanding to the things that we already know. May we now understand it. Take the information that we've acquired, transform it into revelation so we can be transformed on the inside so changes will take place naturally on the outside. And Father, I thank you that you're giving us the capacity to love more people this year than what we had last year. Enlarge our hearts so we can be more effective in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, this morning uh, we're going to do a little, uh, we're going to go back into the archives of messages for some of you that were here two and a half years ago. You'll see some stuff up here that you saw two and a half years ago. And we're going to refresh just a little bit so everybody else that wasn't here two and a half years ago can get an understanding of what this platform is up in the front sometimes. And we'll go from there. But uh, here's the question, and and feel free to answer out loud and that kind of thing. But when, when was Jesus crucified? Jesus was crucified at Calvary. This, this, this podium over here is going to represent Calvary. Okay? This represents the cross. Over here, this tree represents creation. This is when the world was created. Everybody, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning. So when I stand over here, I'm standing by Genesis 1-1 or the world when it was created. Does everybody see that? And the, the, you, you that were here before understand what's going on here. So I walk over here, and I'm talking about from a perspective of in the beginning. So if this is in the beginning, and this is when something began, that means when I stand over here, this is before that, right? Because this is an eternity line. This is before in the beginning. Got it? Well, you might be saying, well, there was nothing before in the beginning. Yes, there was. And we're going to talk about some of that this morning, not in great detail, because we talked about that two and a half years ago. And if you would have wanted to know about it, you would have been here. No, just, 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 ki- just, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> but what we're going to talk about is in the Word, the Word talks about the things that were over here before in the beginning. For example, Jesus was slain, excuse me, Jesus was crucified at Calvary. Okay? He was crucified here. In the book of Revelation, it says that he was slain before the foundations of the world. So this is the foundations of the world, but he was slain over here. Does everybody see that? So the Bible tells us when it happened, but it also tells us that in God, it was already finished. Before he... See, so God could do it at Calvary there. He had to create the world here and put a tree on it so he could have a tree to hang his son on and pay the price for all man's sin here. Does everybody see that? 
what we need to understand from that is this. God doesn't do something here in this realm. God doesn't do anything from here over. This is the realm of the seen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Everything that was created was created in the beginning. So in the beginning, everything that was created was created by Him and for Him. Got it? So what we need to understand is that there is the world of the unseen and the realm of the seen. God wanted the world of the unseen to be made manifest in the world of the seen. And so in God, he had already slain his son and then made it happen on earth. God doesn't do something on earth that he hasn't already finished in heaven. You need to see that. Now we're going to see all the other scriptures that talk about what took place before in the beginning. Because it's very important for us to understand that even the works that Jesus did, the works, the scripture says, those works were preordained before in the beginning. Even the works he did leading up to the cross, all these were done, they were preordained by God for Jesus to do to lead him to here. Even over here was preordained by God. Turn with me to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, chapter 1. If you hadn't seen this before, you need to see this. Now, what we're going to talk about this morning, too, is that, that, that when we did this originally, we went into the, the different words in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, that talked about, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void. And when you look at those words and the actual writings, it's actually he didn't just create the heavens and the earth. Heavens is the word for space. Earth is, the, is actually a Greek word called eretz. It means matter. And light is a form of energy. He actually created energy. He just didn't produce light like this because the sun wasn't shining until later. Does everybody see that? Are they, are they cooking popcorn up there? That is rude. <laughs> I'll tell you right there, that, if that doesn't make you want to go to children's church right there, popcorn, be, everybody take a whiff of that? That just messed up my message right there. That's how bad that was. <laughs> Woo! Don't get me started. No, just kidding, just kidding. I said, Pastor wants some popcorn. And then they come down here and bl- Never mind, we'll mess up the service. Okay, let's get back into this. Okay, so... What we need to understand is in the beginning of time, see, time had a beginning and time has a end. If something has a beginning, it has a end. If it doesn't have a beginning, see, eternity didn't have a beginning, did it? So it doesn't have an end. But if something had a beginning, it has an end. That's a concept we need to understand. All right? So what we need to also understand that that when God created space, matter, and energy, that is the makeup of atoms. That's what every atom in this world is made out of, is space, matter, and energy. 
that it, basically what the scripture is saying, in the beginning of time, God created the substance that he was going to create everything else with, Adam. Man, that's pretty cool right there. So whatever you have need of, whatever, see, he, he needed a tree to hang his son on at Calvary, so he put the seeds of the tree. He started trees growing here so he would have trees there. So everything that you have need of, even if you, even if you need the molecular structure of something to change, God's in control of the atoms to do it. He is the creator. He is not, he hadn't said, oh, I created once and that's it, I'm done. No, he still is the creator. He is still in control. Signs and wonders happen because of molecular structure and atoms reforming and reshaping. That's how miracles take place. God can speak to the atoms in your body, to the cells in your body, to the kidneys and the organs of your body because they're all made up of atoms. And so what we're going to learn this morning is about purpose and God's vision and, and His calling for us. I made the statement earlier that, that uh, I hope you don't find uh, something to die for. I hope you find something to live for. Life is about purpose. What we need to understand is that purpose-filled life is really what's going to drive you to get up in the morning. If you have a hard time getting up in the morning, it's usually not because you're tired. It's usually because you don't have purpose. You don't have a reason to get up in the morning. If you have a reason to get up in the morning, you got something behind you, it, it creates an energy in your system, an energy in your body. Your cells respond to purpose because God created your cells to respond to purpose. He created you for purpose. Let's see what it says here in, in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, it says this, verse 8. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose. Everybody say purpose. You've been called according to His purpose and grace. Grace is His ability, His power, His strength, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before. Where am I standing? Wait a minute. Let me just read this again. Not according to our purpose, but according to His purpose and grace, which was given to us. See, you were given purpose and grace in Christ before Genesis 1.1. Before the world was even created, you were given purpose. Before you were manifested on earth and born somewhere over here after Calvary, God had chosen... See, God saved you over here. Don't think about saving from hell. That's such a, a minor part of purpose. It just wasn't that he saved you from hell. He saved you for purpose. He saved you for a reason. He gave you empowerment and ability and strength over here. 
And he said, I'm saving them. I'm not going to let them be born here. I'm not going to let them. Esther was, was for such a time as this, the scripture says. She was born for her purpose to be manifested here in the old covenant. But you were saved. No. You were saved. Don't you always save the best for? Come on. Come on. When was Adam created? He was first. He was created. Now some of you won't get this and some of you will. But he saved you. To be born in his family. Adam was created in the garden. You were born in his family. You've been born again in the kingdom of God. He is your father. When you got born again, he saved you so you could get born again here so he could put his spirit inside of you, just not his spirit, but his DNA. The scripture says that there's an incorruptible seed that was placed in you when you were born again. An incorruptible seed. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that lives in me. The same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. So we can just pay our bills. So we can just make it. So we can suffer for Jesus. Listen, he suffered at Calvary so we could live victorious. See, one of the problems we have in churchdom is we're focused on the cross. Is he saying something bad about the cross? No, but it was not our focus. The gospel is not about Calvary. It's about the resurrection. We identify with Calvary, but we get our identity and our victory from the resurrection. What good is Calvary without the resurrection? I'll put it that way. The Lots of people have died at, on a cross. Lots of people have died in the name of some religion. But Jesus didn't die for some religion. He rose from the grave for a gospel. For a people he didn't die just to die the scripture says this who for the joy set before him endured the cross watch this who for the joy set before him endured this guess where the joy started coming out of the grave he see he knew because his father purposed it in him over here he knew that this was just a part that had to take place so this could be made manifest. So why are we living right here when we need to be living according to this? That God has purpose. The, the, the scripture says this. I think it's in Romans all things work together for good to those that 
love him and are called according to his purpose. So if you're living a life over here, not according to his purpose, and you just love God, it's not all working together for good. Because you need to be living according to his purpose and his grace. There's lots of good things to do in this life, but they are not God things to do. It's not about you asking. See, this is, this is the gospel message I heard when I was being raised. To ask Jesus to come into your life and he'll make your life better. That's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. He didn't come to make your life better. He came to give you his life so you could step into it. And once you step into his life, that means you've got to let go of yours. That means, oh, this is what I was purposing to do in life, but now that I understand that my creator, my father, saved me for living in this world right now for what he purposed, let me set my purpose aside and step into his. Does everybody see what I'm saying? Most of us live our life according to what we're purposing instead of asking our Father God creator what we were saved for. We made the statement last week about the, I don't know how you want to call it, but the, the greatest tragedy in life is being successful at something you weren't ever supposed to do. And that's what we're talking about. Don't be successful in something you're not supposed to be, that you weren't created to do. Find out what God's purpose was for you. What his plans were, because he saved you. He didn't save you here just so you could just live on the earth. See, Adam and Eve were created with what? Purpose. They were supposed to be effective. They were supposed to replenish and multiply, subdue and take charge. They were created with purpose. God doesn't do anything on earth that doesn't have purpose. I think it says in Ecclesiastes, there's a time for this and a time for that. A time for this, a time for dying, a time for birthing, a time for being happy, a time for being sad, a time for, a time for everything. You know why? Because everything has a purpose in God. Even time, even death, even living. God is a God of purpose. And if you are born again and you have his seed in you, you have grace and purpose. And we need to be living according to his purpose. It's about his kingdom. Jesus said this. Jesus said it this way. Seek ye first. Not when, he didn't say, well, when you got some spare time, you might want to look into this thing called the kingdom. Because I came, oh, how's the scripture say? For this purpose the Son of God was manifest to destroy the work of the evil one. You understand? For this purpose. See, he, was, he had purpose and he fulfilled it at Calvary. 
Does everybody understand that? You've got purpose. You've got reason. And we need to find out what that reason is. If you don't, see, and, and it's really not that hard. It's not tr like making a major life change. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom. We need to be, first of all, kingdom mindset, having, having peace in our heart. See, what we need to understand is from Calvary, before Calvary, Jesus was born about right here, okay? I'll, I'll just do it right here. See this line? Jesus was born right here and then 33 years later died at Calvary. All right, was crucified. But from here to here, this is where the Old Testament stops being written. This is where the New Testament starts, and this is where the Old Testament ends. What's in between here? Don't say an aisle. Smart Alex. A gap. A gap in time. There's 400 silent years. Some of your Bibles even have one page in there that says 400 silent years. There was 400 silent years from when the Old Testament was stopped being written and when the New Testament started being written. 400 silent years. Over on this side, God said, kill his enemies. Over on this side, he said what? Whoa. Something changing. It's called, this is the old covenant, and this is the new. Actually, the new covenant starts right at Calvary. Some of the old covenant, or the old covenant actually continues all the way to when the blood was shed. When Jesus hung on the cross and said, It is finished. He didn't say, I am finished. He said, It is. What was? The old covenant. This old covenant came to an end, and a new covenant began. And so when Jesus said over here, he said, Seek ye first the kingdom. The kingdom that was coming. Our Father who art in heaven, I'll be the name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven over here. So Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom. And really, when you're dealing with God's purpose, first you need to understand that God's purpose is to fill or multiply or replenish or establish or subdue and take charge his kingdom and so that is one of our purposes and it's real simple well you may not know see there are some of you that have a gift of hospitality some of you are business people you have gifts of, of being in business some of you have gifts of healing and gifts of faith uh, there's all kinds of gifts that God has given his kingdom or the people of the people he has saved over here, he's given them, equipped them grace for their purpose. And sometimes you're already flowing in what God's given you and flowing in those gifts that you've been given, but you've never realized where to actually tie it into the kingdom. How's, the, how's this going to benefit the kingdom? I know that uh, I won't bring up any names, but there's a person that comes here um, more frequent than not and they used to be in ministry and, and I know they're going in their mind right now because of some other influences in their mind they're thinking well, I just don't he just, he's been in church all his life and he's just not feeling the he used to be in ministry you know five fold pulpit ministry and he's just not feeling the, the go 
to go back. And, and I, good. Don't go back. Because he's supposed to be in the workplace. See, he's been given a gift of communications and a gift of teaching and a way of explaining things. But all his life, he was told he had to do it from the pulpit. And that probably wasn't God's purpose for him in the kingdom. God's purpose was for him to do that in the workplace. See, there's a lot of people in the body of Christ say, well, I, how can I, I can never preach behind a pulpit, get in front. Listen, you, you're not supposed to. Quit it. You can be effective for the kingdom of heaven right where you're at, right in your workplace, doing what you're doing, being a businessman where you're being business, being effective in the world God's placed you. God's placed you in the world. Be effective there. Be a testimony everywhere God, because you've got grace.